are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today's episode is brought to you. If you could ever so kindly hit subscribe and throw the show a follow wherever you get your podcast apps, that would be greatly appreciated. And if it's free, it's for me, and I hope that motto rings true to you as well. And if you're feeling even more generous, go ahead and throw us a five-star review as long as a five-star rating as well as a little review on the iTunes store. Hello, everybody, and today we are here with a very special guest, a longtime Twitter friend of mine. Nick, how goes it? It was pretty well, and uh, I was hoping you weren't going to put too much emphasis on this special guest because I'm not special whatsoever. <laughs> well, you are a walking in hockey encyclopedia. I feel like I could just... So I've been told... I feel like I could just name like a random hockey team and you could tell me the most interesting fact about them. I do love my hockey history. In fact, I just got like four books in the mail the other day on different players and people involved in the history of things. That's really exciting. So I'm going to ask you one question. Can you tell me something interesting about the Calgary Flames? Uh, well, you know, they moved from Atlanta, of course. Uh, yes. I think that's one most people generally know. Uh, let's see. Off the top of my head, at the hour that we're recording this at. I know. Yeah, it's 1130 at night. Well, I do know that the forthcoming stadium is going to be one of the coolest things, and I am both happy and excited for it and also sad that I probably won't get to experience the Saddle Dome Skywalk. Because, I know. Because... Uh, that sounded like one of the coolest and most terrifying things at the same time in hockey media. Definitely. And I think that it was last season or the season before they were finally like, Hey guys, like you can't take pictures while you're walking up here. Right. You don't want anyone dropping their phones or anything else of that, you know, kind of value. So might just be airing on the safe side. Definitely. So shout out to everybody who has provided us those views. But um, like I said, we're recording very late. And um, I appreciate you jumping on and coming to talk. To know I need is knocking everything over on my desk. But uh, to talk about this return to play stuff Anytime. broke last night. Yeah, so it sounds like we're going to have a uh, season and stuff, you know, so, so contrary to what, how everyone was freaking out, you know, like 48 hours ago about, oh, they're going to have a lockout, the exact opposite happens. And that's similar to the last time around when we were doing this back in June with the mm-hmm. CBA and everything, there was radio silence really coming out of the meetings and then, oh, look, progress, unlike, you know, when it was more public bashing yeah. in the papers and such in the 0405 lockout. You know, so it's almost kind of like no news is good news, but that doesn't necessarily always mean that that's true. It's just, in this case, I'd like to point out. It was. Cooler heads prevailed for the most part. They still have to vote on it officially tomorrow, but we're assuming that things are going to pass. Definitely. And so it looks like it's um, going to be a 56-game season beginning on uh, the 13th of January, which is 
just next over year. a month away. Right. Next year, but it's still a month away, which is, I mean, closer than we've been. <laughs> and this is true. It's still March, right? It, honestly, when I had to like sign something and date it, I was like, when did it become December? I must have, I must have missed that. But what were your initial thoughts on the return to play news? Everything. Uh, let's see. <laughs> well, at first I thought, that's cool. I'm going to look at this later because I knew that like 10 more things were going to come yeah. from 10 different people. And so now I've, I've looked through most of it. I would say I've skimmed through about 90% of it and read it in detail, maybe 50% of it, mm-hmm. because I just know that I don't want to get too hyped up. And then on the off chance that the vote doesn't go well tomorrow, then I'll yeah. be crushed. But uh, it sounds pretty good. I mean, when the league came back in July to begin with, it was like, hey, this is cool because no one else is really doing anything. Baseball had just started maybe a week before hockey did, but hockey mm-hmm. was first to kind of announce we're going to be back and doing our thing in a bubble, however, whereas baseball was all over the place without <laughs> fans. They didn't care. So in that respect, it's like, okay, well, now they've seen how everyone else is able to do it, but we also know how everyone else is kind of had some shortfalls in mm-hmm. doing exactly how they've been doing it. And so that's where I'm, I'm worried in that the NHL is kind of like, yeah, we're going to have some realignment in terms of divisions and we're going to do this. We're going to do that, but we'll be playing in our own places. And, you know, there, there's more breaks built in and that sort of thing where it's like, okay, that's fine and all, but like the people involved in every single step of this process have to be educated and fully understand exactly what they're getting into to make it go smoothly because otherwise you will have positive tests. It's only inevitable. We've already had them returning and whatnot, but it's only inevitable that something will happen and we don't want to let it get to something like the NFL where you go, Oh great. Now we have to reschedule. And how do we do this exactly? Right. And I think that that's a really good point. And I wrote about that today for couch guy sports. Go read my article. Um, Everyone should basically like, you know, how do you prevent those outbreaks from happening? You know, are you going to institute policies like in the bubble where you can only go to your hotel and uh, the venue or the arena and back? Or are these players going to be able to live at their houses and interact with their kids and whoever comes in and out of their house and things like that? And what do you do about rescheduling? Because, you know, there could be a team, you know, like the 11 and 0 Steelers coming in, coming in hot, you know, who are playing on four days rest or, you know, less than that because hockey and, you know, they end up losing in that. I mean, really when you're undefeated, it doesn't really matter, but you know, they're, they're bound to lose at some point. Probably. Yeah. Like you're on the cusp of, you know, a playoff spot or something like that. And because you have no rest and all this stuff, like, what are you going to do? Like, what, how, like, how do we prevent a Tennessee Titans outbreak from happening and then progressing throughout the The entire league? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And how do you try to basically make sure the Chicago Blackhawks are able to win like 36 out of their 48 games? Just like one, maybe one or two, something like that, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's, that's where it's like, okay, 
I'm excited, but I also know that maybe sports still aren't a great idea right now. It's yeah. certainly great in terms of content to watch on TV. I will admit, I like being able to turn on the TV and go, oh, look, something live and happening now. Right. But at the same time, I'm lucky enough I get a channel that I can watch SHL games and KHL games. Mm-hmm. And one of those leagues is actually acknowledging that reality exists in this day and age, while the other one might not be up to standards there. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's nice to see something on, quote, our own turf in mm-hmm. the U.S. and Canada. But I still am just like, okay, what really is all that bad about saying let's wait until February? Because it seems like the later into winter that you go, the better of a chance you have at completing most of your season without interruptions. Yes. Like, I'm, if I'm an NFL fan, I'm worried about the playoffs. Oh, 150%. Because you could get through the end of the regular season fine, but then the playoffs will happen and you go, well, now what? Mm-hmm. Sure, you can still play in March and whatnot, but that's dependent upon your venues, your bubbles at that point, because I know the NFL might be doing that. Yeah. And everything else that falls into place there. At least with hockey, I do respect that they have taken their time and they're saying, you know what, we'll just pick this up in January because it's it's easier at this point to say, okay, everyone's had all this time off and yeah, it might really be unfortunate for the teams that have been sitting outside the bubble this entire time, like Detroit, <laughs> San Jose, Buffalo. But I'm sure everyone can kind of have some sense of understanding and saying, you know what, we still have a season coming up and everyone gets the same chance of making the playoffs. Exactly. And that's the other fun part to really figure out. So if it's a 16-team format, we have these four realigned divisions. Who gets in and uh, how are we dealing out the uh, Clarence Campbell Bowl and the Prince of Wales trophy? Because traditionally, in quotes, that's gone to the conference winners. Well, mm-hmm. if the conferences suddenly don't exist and we're only going to do like a one through four seeding, how does all that work is what the average fan I'm sure is thinking right now. But again, aside from just, I'm happy that hockey's back. Right. And that's, you know, another decision that gets made by somebody who makes astronomically more than we will probably ever see in our lifetime. Way smarter than I am. (laughs) Stop. But like you mentioned earlier, there is a call to like a board meeting tomorrow at 4 PM Eastern time. Um, you know, to vote and everything. So I would expect official announcements to kind of like trickle out around that time because, I mean, we have mouthpieces for the league and everything, but thankfully, I don't think we have any like Adam Schefters where they're just like, kiss, 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 kiss the NHL's butt. But yeah. <laughs> I may know a few, but I'm not going to name them because yeah. that would be rude. We can talk about that off air. (laughs) This is true. Uh, As the week rolls on, I will have more of your NHL return to play coverage and plenty of it for that matter. Stick around and see what news is just around the corner. But first, we are going to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is amazing, and it is a fantastic protein bar, and it will still hit that sweet tooth and give you everything you need. And it still tastes good. Uh, They have six new flavors they've come out over the last few months, and that's uh, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. 
and they also have 12 amazing original flavors as well and those are coconut almond raspberry german chocolate peanut butter ugh, banana bread mint brownie salted caramel double chocolate orange toffee almond coconut and peanut butter brownie the bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew they're healthy too and i love it it really does remind me of a candy bar that you know you bite into and you're just like oh my god like i've been waiting for this all day but the best part is you can throw it in your purse your your bag your briefcase and have it on the go wherever you need these bars are low calorie low sugar high in protein high fiber great for ketos or those people those who are participating in the keto diet and I have personally come to love them because it is very difficult for me to consume the amount of uh, protein that I need, and my doctors have been like, Jess, you know, you really got to get on that. So what I want you to do, listen to this doctor's orders. I only play one on a podcast. (laughs) Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off of your order, and that goes for all orders and you can use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow me over on Twitter at Jessica Belmosto. Nick, I don't know if you saw the picture, but former Bruin, Joachim Nordstrom, was on a flight with his Swedish teammates heading back to his new city in Calgary from the good old land of Swedish meatballs to Calgary, where I'm sure it's very cold. Um, So he's going back from Ikea to... (laughs) Basically. Um, You know, I I was excited when I first saw this because I was like, okay, you know, there hadn't been any official news yet of, you know, 56-game season or anything. But then I was like, wait, we're like two weeks out from Christmas. And from training camp and all that stuff. Yeah. So, like, I was bummed because I was like, okay, like, well, you know, isolation, whatever. I don't know what their official protocols are and things like that. But, um, you know, <laughs> my first thought is, oh, no, they're spending time alone with it, like, without their families. But then I'm like, oh, wait, they're just like us having to Zoom. Literally everyone else <laughs> should hopefully be staying home for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but I am, I think a lot of us are also under the assumption that there's going to be like a Canadian division. Yes. How do you feel about that? Like what, if you had to give your predictions? Well, if I'm parliament, I'm feeling pretty content with things because, you know, as, as those in Canada might know, shout out to all you Canadians listening to this. Yes. How's it going? eh? Uh, I'm sure you don't do that, but you know, the Toronto Blue Jays couldn't play in Toronto. The mm-hmm. Toronto Raptors, I'm assuming, you know, things aren't going to ever really... Yeah, they're actually playing in Tampa. I, yeah, Tampa. Because that's been said, but, you know, how, how official is it yet? Oh, I wow. think the team's tweeted something out. But again, you know, they, they could, like the NHL, they could get to a point where they might say, hey, we could host a playoffs or something. But at this point, I still don't know if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine like how everything was in Edmonton by the conference finals and Stanley Cup final last year, a bubble format would probably work best 
especially if you're going to say, okay, now we've, we've got all these Canadian teams. Like, again, what are we going to do when the playoffs come here and we say, okay, now we have a Canadian division and we have all these American teams. Yeah. So someone from Canada is going to make the Stanley Cup final just because we have to literally divide these things between the two countries and then import or export players. Right. That just might get interesting. Uh, but if I'm a Flames fan right now, I'm pretty psyched for the Canadian division because honestly, it kind of, you know, to me, it, it favors the Flames in some ways and it doesn't really do them that much help in others. It favors them among their Western Conference rivals, you know, mm-hmm. Vancouver and Edmonton, especially since now half the Canucks are on the Flames, at least exactly. the internet tells me that. But if I'm Calgary, I'm a little worried about teams like Toronto or Montreal, just because those are the better opponents mm-hmm. among all the rest of the teams in Canada. And now you have to start playing them more often than the rest. Definitely. Ottawa should be fun to watch because of all the new acquisitions they've made, but I don't know if they have the rest of the depth to go with it. We'll see what DJ Smith kicks, cooks up there, but you know, Claude Julien has got a style and he's adapted to today's mm-hmm. NHL. And with the youth in Montreal, it's a lot like how Calgary kind of plays the game. They yep. try to bring that same edge to their game, but in the Eastern Conference version of doing everything that the Flames do. Toronto is entirely different because, of course, they have the big four and then they have Joe Thornton now and everything else there. They're just speed and skill, speed and skill, speed and skill. Not so sure about their defense. TJ Brody's there now, so yes. familiarity factor. And then, of course, you know, we'll see what Frederick Anderson does. But for the Flames themselves, I love the marks from addition. I love everything else that they've added in this offseason because they've kept their strengths. And so now it's just they keep building on what they've been doing for the last couple of years. If there's a window that's already open, they might have extended it by a year or two. Mm -hmm. If there's a window that's near closing, they've just given themselves the best shot before they have to say, you know what, blow this thing up and get rid of some bigger pieces for hopefully better pieces in the future. Definitely. And we've talked about that a lot uh, on the show is like, how, how do you make this a better team? Do you blow everything up and say goodbye to key pieces like Johnny Gaudreau and or Sean Monaghan and just kind of go from there? Or do you work on the back end of things and really getting a goalie and kind of shuffling the lines a little bit and seeing what you can play around with and working with it. And I'm quite happy that they didn't go with the first option because I think that, you know, it might've just been a post playoff reaction from Calgary media, Calgary fans, and just kind of the assumption that, you know, Johnny Gaudreau is, is gone. He's going back East. He's going home and things like that. We just like it every year on the trade deadline, but I think it's been a decent off season for them. Like I don't have any complaints. You know, they signed Jeff Ward to um, an official head coaching contract. Um, Markstrom, big fan of that. Um, You know, I can't complain. And I think they do have an edge. And even if they were playing in their typical Pacific division, the only team like I would super, super be worried about is Vegas, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. 
that we but, <laughs> I, you know, they have a really bad record against Vegas. I'm pretty sure that they're 0-9 when they play in Vegas. So, you know, that's – um. We don't have to worry about that this year. Good news about the regular season, they won't have to really <laughs> Yeah, that. that won't be uh, on anyone's radar. But I just – I can't complain. I think that the offseason went well, and it went well enough, like early enough in the offseason that they have time to tinker with things on paper and to kind of be like, okay, we're – not going to blow this whole team up, but now we're just going to kind of, like I said, tinker with things and see what fits and then come training camp, you know, try new things out. And I'm hopeful. And (laughs) I I don't know, I'm a little worried about the defense, but you know, uh, we'll see when it gets here, I guess. (laughs) I mean, another team that's still a lot on D you know, the Florida Panthers this mm-hmm. offseason game, Marcus Nudivara out of Columbus. I mean, it helps that Bill Zito came from Columbus and everything. But I like what they've done because they, they've made a move that's not just, okay, we need to get better at this immediately right now. It's more of a long-term approach. Yeah. So they know that they need to keep tweaking things, but it's not a one-fix sort of thing. It's not right. a one-size-fits-all sort of thing. It's like what the Canucks did with Nate Schmidt his availability as a result of Vegas signing Alex Petrangelo just made the Canucks that much better. That, Even if they lost some of the things, they still have a great room. And I, I think Calgary is getting to that point. I still think they'd be able to beat Vancouver. I mean, my top three in the Canada, in the Canada division, I want to call it something else, but they're not using names or anything other than Canada division. You know, I've got Winnipeg and Toronto and Calgary kind of competing for the top mm-hmm. three spots. And that's just because... I think Winnipeg's going to have a nice bounce back right now with Paul Stassi coming back. You know, they have just upped their depth down the middle and that might help Patrick Line kind of find his game again. He's more of a sniper anyway, but Stassi is kind of your prototypical playmaker. Mm-hmm. And so that significantly helps them. And they had a great playoff run with Stassi in their lineup. Toronto, of course, being Toronto and then Calgary just being the team that I'm not so sure how I feel about a short season, how they're going to get off in terms of their uh, chemistry and everything, kind of figuring out right away. But I know that they're capable of doing something in the playoffs based on the growth that we've seen over the last two years. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, a a healthy Matthew Kachuk will also be a key factor. Huge difference maker. And he is the heartbeat of that team. And it's so nice to see him, you know, do what he does. And just like, you can tell that hockey just like runs through his veins. That game six against Dallas, when he was, um, I, I don't remember if he was, no, he was in the press box. Um, and he looked more upset. He was showing more emotion than anybody on the ice. And that was so frustrating to watch because you could tell that he wanted to be there. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him play this season. And those retro jerseys. I'm very excited for. Shout out Blasty. Yes. For a while, I just thought he was called Flame Horse. I didn't know he had a name. But. (laughs) uh, Can't always be right all the time. Exactly. But coming up next, we are going to touch on the drama that is coming out of Las Vegas. And, you know, I guess what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. All right. So. 
you know, I was just minding my own business tonight on Twitter, like I always do, you know, just constantly uh, not, definitely not like doom. Looking into the abyss. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I see this tweet talking about uh, Vegas shopping Max Pacioretty. Yep. And then, like, it continues. <laughs> and it yep. was uh, Marcioso and uh, Flurry as well. Yeah, so a guy <laughs> who did a thing on social media, another guy who had character issues in Montreal, not not the other guy that we're thinking of, but the other one that the Canadians then traded, uh, and then the guy whose agent has some great tweets every once in a while. Uh Vegas, yes, you were saying. I just, I, you know, I feel like, you know, somehow this offseason right now has only been like two and a half months. Offseason part two. Off season, yeah, like offseason part two has been like two and a half months. I don't know why it's felt like five, but again, like we're still in March. So I Googled like, oh, like, you know, when was the last NHL game? Like when was the Stanley Cup final, whatever. And I was like, that was only September. <laughs> Do you remember? Whatever, September? Not September. So, and then free agency opened on, I think it was like October 8th. So that was one of those days. I don't know. I think it but, might have been the 9th, but today was the 8th or something. Yeah, whatever, I, it, is. whatever it was. Today in the future being the 9th now, but today, today as of the recording, it might be yesterday at this point. Honestly, whatever the day is, <laughs> but I am just so befuddled that it's taken them this long to kind of like do something and to the degree that they're doing it. Well, it's funny because Mike Hoffman is still inside and yes. Vegas. Everyone's been saying that the Golden Knights are the 1990s New York Rangers, but they literally are. You know, they every offseason they go out and get the biggest free agent. They can spend to whatever, even though there's mm-hmm. a salad cap, they can spend to whatever to get that talent because, it, I mean, it kind of helps them build full as your owner and you have the Maloof family involved as a minority ownership group. So there's that. Uh, basically unlimited money, except in a pandemic when casino, casinos aren't really a thing. I don't know yeah. how that works out. But I don't really gamble much. Uh, you know, the, the Golden Knights can do whatever they want and they set up this extreme precedent, cup in three. They're now entering year four. And they didn't win the cup. So they want to get one right away. Even though it's the hardest trophy to win. And it's it's almost like to try to make this something that everyone can kind of relate to. Uh, you identify who your crush is and then you're going to marry them tomorrow. That's yeah. not how it works unless you're playing The Sims. But, you know, you can you can only get to ask them out so much. And if they reject you, then you're, I have, sorry, I have to break it to you. You're not going to marry them. And if they're going to say yes to you, then you have to go through dating a little while. You have to experience right. some ups and downs, otherwise known as postseason heartbreak. And then you have to go through and, you know, maybe you can end up being like the Philadelphia Flyers winning it in seven years. I don't know. But the Golden Knights intrigue me in that it's just, you know, at what point do you consider that they're run by a hamster on a wheel that's just doing this perpetual energy thing except tiring itself out at the same time? Definitely. And I think that it's so interesting to watch them come in like that, that inaugural season was just, 
I, I wild. Again, as I much never, as people might have hated it, I loved it at the same time. Uh, yeah, I was so I don't want to say I was confused because like obviously like that's that's hockey, but you know you watching them get to the Stanley Cup Finals was crazy, and then to see them have that continued success is something, and I don't necessarily agree with their instant gratification method because you know you don't want to um I, I don't know blowing up your team seems like a common theme but like this episode but like you don't want them to get I'm sure they're not tired of winning but just the constant changes like that would be annoying to me I'd be like okay like I need a consistent line mate I need if I'm going to sign there, you know I'm going to be there for at least exactly. three of the seven years that I signed there for. Right. And I'm sure that Vegas is wonderful. Um, not sure about that crime rate, but, uh, you know, if I'm looking to play somewhere long-term, Vegas isn't one of those places. But So not a Derek Engelin uh, gonna go be part of Vegas forever type of person. No, not not today. Anyways, not maybe, today. I'll, maybe I'll change my mind in four minutes when it's technically tomorrow. And and when the snow just kind of destroys everything in the winter, you might be like, well, you know, it might be kind of fun yeah, to live in a desert know, once in a while. Once in a while, we'll see. We'll try it out for a little bit. That's why I'd vacation in Malibu if I can. A vacation? What's that? Wouldn't know. <laughs> But uh, thank you so much, Nick, for coming on. Would you like to plug all of your fantastic um, adventures, projects? My fantastic adventures. Yes, it's uh, an adventure of a lifetime. Uh, You can find my stuff on Down the Frozen River. That's something I made, both podcast and blog. And this weekend, you'll see the debut of me on Couch Guy Sports with some great content coming there. For the 2020-2021 season. So check that out. And if you're a potential future employer wondering why don't you exist there yet, again, I just said it's going to be this weekend, my first thing. So <laughs> it's going to be a forecast for the 2020-21 season if anyone has their hopes up. I'm excited. Way, don't get your hopes up. No. Unless you're a Flames fan. But otherwise, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Nick. And where can people find you, you on Twitter? At Lancy53, that's L-A-N-C-I, and then the number 5-3, as in <laughs> the rival Bo Horvat, but not, but not anyone on the Flames. Someone on the Flames, wear number 53 for me, thanks. Somebody, you got to change your number now. But yes, thank you again so much for coming on. At the literal last second, I saw your tweet. Thanks for having me. Of course. I saw your tweet, and I was like, I just was going to text him because he's the only person up at this hour that I know will jump on a podcast. And I was like, whatever, I'll just, I'll just send it anyways. <laughs> so, I'll be awake for four more hours. Yeah. I napped for four hours earlier. Not great. But coming up this week, we will have some more wonderful return to play talk, maybe some interviews and some more special guests. And be sure you're following me on Twitter at Jessica Belmosto. And the show has a new Twitter. Let me pull that up so I can remember what it is. But it is at LO underscore flames pod. And I will catch you all uh, tomorrow or 
the day after this goes up or whenever. 